Welcome. You are listening to the Faith, Fitness, and Freedom Podcast, and I'm your host, Rebecca Tabert. Sister, I've got something really special for you today. I am giving you an exclusive look into one of the segments from our Faith and Freedom Women's Virtual Event. We had the event just a couple of weekends ago. It was so phenomenal with speakers from all different aspects of fitness, health, wellness, and yes, faith. This particular segment I know is going to provide you with hope and inspiration. It's a conversation that I was honored and blessed to have with Mrs. Christina Baker. And in this conversation, she shares segments of her story that show God's redemptive power, phenomenal transformation, and when his hand is in our life so clearly. So take a listen, be encouraged, be inspired. Here we go. All right, ladies, oh my goodness, I cannot even tell you, you are going to be so excited. You don't know yet, but let me tell you, you are going to be on fire by the time Christina Baker and I get done talking, but thank you so much for being here today, Christina, and blessing. I know it'll be an amazing blessing for these women. I'm going to take a quick second to kind of introduce you. You are a wife, a mom, you're a fur baby mom. We were talking about that, our dogs beforehand. So we share that in common. And I gave you this term, just in terms of like my own perception of you is an unintentional social media expert, or, uh, media influencer, excuse me. But above all else, you are a woman that is clearly on fire for God and clearly anointed to be a vessel in sharing his love with other women. And so I'm really grateful that we get to have a conversation a little bit about your testimony and the power of faith and, and uh, closing in prayer today. So thank you so much yes. for being here. Yes. Thank you for having me, Rebecca. This is oh. an honor. You're a, you're a fireball yourself. So I just, <laughs> I feel like we're just gonna, yeah, just, you know, it's just good, good company. Just gonna roll. And I wanted to share, we were talking about this before, but I wanted to share with the women that, um, how we met because we met through social media. So yes. case and proof that God can work in amazing ways, even during a pandemic, right? Yes. And this is only one small smidge. I mean, in the big picture, this is such a small smidge, but the connections are so like, he meets us where we're at and he understands. Yes. And so we actually met because I had a brief period of, I think it was in the beginning, maybe April and May of 2020 on TikTok. And somehow I came across you and I just saw this woman that had an amazing gifting for prayer and we started following each other. So in the, in the midst of, you know, all of the people and all the potential, you and I somehow clicked and just like really clicked. Um, and then we keep in contact or uh, in touch with uh, through Instagram, where yes. which is where I spend most of my time in terms of social media to, or these days. TikTok was a little short-lived for me. <laughs> Maybe I'll get back to it. Who knows? But, but I loved your videos. I loved your you. videos. I miss them. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. So in that period of time, we got to connect. Um, and what I would love to do is, um, or what I'd love to share with the women is what's amazing to me to watch and see is how much you have grown. And that's why I said, kind of coined the term of unintentional social media influencer, because you and I were talking and you never had the intention of it growing this, this big no. following that you have now. But I think it speaks to the need because you're so anointed with prayer. And I think that speaks to the need of people right now. So I'm glad that we get to talk about that a little bit more today. Yes. Yeah. So tell me, we talked about sharing a little bit about your testimony because we 
we're talking beforehand about the power of testimony and that truly that's where people start to see faith. Sometimes it's in our own stories. Sometimes it's through the stories of others. So could you honor us with a little bit of your story? Yes. Yes. I would love to Rebecca. You know, um, I did not grow up as a Christian. I, I actually, um, uh, grew up in South America. My mom is from Paraguay. My dad is American. Uh, but when my parents divorced, I moved to, uh, Bolivia, which is, um, a country right in the part of South America. My mom is from Paraguay. So I had, I was familiar with it. Um, I, when my parents divorced when I was seven years old and, um, a lot of different things happened as a child, um, went through abuse and went just through different things that, um, after before and after my parents had divorced. And so by the age of 14, I was, um, I was a very, I was a very depressed child and teenager. Um, and I began to listen to, I don't know if you remember, but Marilyn Manson, he was like this. So I listened to like Marilyn Manson and a lot of like heavy metal bands. And I found solace in that. I found like a, a refuge in, um, the, just the pain that I was carrying as a, as a child and just with everything that happened with my parents. So by the age of 15, I was a lead singer of a punk band, um, (laughs) riding a skateboard and just kind of getting involved with some, just some different crowds where I felt like I could identify with. Of course. Um, also that year I, you know, was frequenting bars and, you know, just underage drinking and just kind of was going down this, you know, this downward spiral of, you know, self-destruction. Yeah. Um, and again, I didn't, you know, mom was Catholic by the family, but we had no, uh, you know, there was, we never went to church. There was, there wasn't a teaching of who God was. So by the time I was 15 years old, I mean, I didn't, I didn't believe in God. I didn't believe God existed or anything like that. Yeah. So, uh, I came home one night and, um, I had been partying and, you know, out all night I came home and, um, my stepdad was standing at the foot of the stairs and I tried to get past him. And he said, you're not coming in. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, I turned around, I saw my mom at the foot of the stairs and he, right before he pushed me down the steps, he stopped and he goes, you're not worth it. And he looked at my mom and he was like, it's her or it's me. And my mom, having two younger brothers, I understood where she was at. You know, she's in a second, very abusive marriage and she's just trying to stay afloat and survive. And so she said, you have to go. So I had not seen my dad in almost 10 years. Uh, We knew he was living in Hawaii somewhere. um, And um, he retired early from the oil and gas industry after my grandma died. And um, so I had not seen or heard from him. So um, I... I looked at my mom and she said, you've got to go. And so they put me on a one-way ticket from Santa Cruz, Bolivia to Hawaii. Wow. Um, wow. So after 24 hours of flying, uh, I was sitting. So incredibly scary for, you were 15 at the time? Yep. 15 wow. years old. Um, my stepdad gave me $20 and I had a, a, a duffel bag and a guitar on my back and um, arrived at the Kahului Airport in Maui and sat there for about six hours until I recognized my dad. You know, I looked a little bit different, right? Uh, you know, yeah. spikes and black, 
you know, black yeah. eye, or, you know, around my eyes and more like the Gothic look or whatever yes. it was of that day. Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was, you know, my, I wore sweaters all the time because I was, you know, self-mutilating and cutting yeah. myself and just, yeah. you know, trying to, trying to find comfort and yeah. trying to find, um, an escape and anything right. I my hands on. And unfortunately, when you're in a dark place like that, the, the darkness, you're attracted to the darkness. Right. Darkness yeah. Just right. All you know. Right. And so, uh, just kind of giving you a backstory. That was kind yeah, of absolutely. Set up. Thank so, you. um, my, uh, my dad shows up and, um, you know, we recognize each other. He gets in the car and he was like, I've got to tell you something. This is crazy. Your mom has sent you here. And I was like, okay. And he was like, I'm homeless and I live in a tent on the beach. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. And yeah. so we show up to uh, a place called Thousand Peaks Beach. And my dad, you know, after not seeing him for 10 years, yeah. uh, you know, we were homeless on the beach. And so um, that, what I didn't know is that the Lord, looking back on now, the Lord was, was creating, he was setting the stage. Redirecting. Setting the yeah. stage moment where I'll share that with you in a moment, but, yeah. uh, went through a lot of things. So went kind of from house to house, um, yeah. after I left the beach with my dad and, uh, the culminating moment in my life was, um, I became a counselor at a university, a well-known well secular university. And so I was drugging, you know, all night and I was yeah. telling people how to live their life during the day. So I had this double lifestyle, which right. was actually just a the same pattern of my dad. My dad was an oil executive and he, you know, abused heavy, heavy drugs, you know, all night. And so right. I was just following in his footsteps Wow. without yeah. even knowing that, without even right. knowing that story um, until many years later. Right. And so I was driving down and here I was a counselor, I was a school counselor. I'm driving down uh, a very um, populated street in Houston, Texas, and the lights come on. I, pull over right. and, um, and this was a moment I had always gotten away with everything up until right. this moment. Right. But, uh, the officer pulled me out of the car and he said, ma'am, you're under arrest. I'm in wow. like three piece suit. I mean, and how with, old are you at this point? Uh, I'm in my early twenties. So I was yeah. about 22. Yeah. Wow. And so, um, so is there anything in the vehicle that I need to know about? Nope. And he's like, okay. So he puts me in the back of the cop car. And, uh, and that was my first prayer was in the back yeah. of a cop car yeah. where I just looked up and I was like, if you're real, why are you doing this to me? Yeah. And so, um, I went to jail that night and I was facing some, some pretty serious, um, some serious time because of the amount of, of substances that I had in the car. And, right. um, I was sitting at my desk at work. I was out on bail and I was sitting at my desk at work and I get a tap on the shoulder right. and uh, I had recognized this guy. I knew he was like a part-time pastor or something. And he said, um, I need to tell you something. I was like, okay. Yeah. This was like at the moment that I was just contemplating, like, what else do I have? If I'm going to go to jail and what else right. do I have to do? You're just contemplating taking life. My life. And, and yeah. seriously, not like I'm going to go tell everybody. It was just like a serious moment of like, this is it. Yeah. I don't want to live anymore. I don't want to go forward anymore. There's nothing, right. there's nothing for me here. 
Right. And so I, this man taps me on the shoulder and he says, I have a word from the Lord for you. And I'm like the Lord. Right. And, um, I didn't have anything else to lose though, Rebecca. So I, right. I, he said that they had prayer meetings every day on the third floor on this break room at the secular university. So they kind of kept it on the, on the down. Right. Yeah. So I walked in and I will never forget. I will never forget the thought that I, I remember seeing these people, they were pacing the floor praying. Yeah. And I had seen people pray rosaries growing up, you know? Right. Right. It was like these, which I don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, right. words, written right. prayers or anything, but these people, it sounded, if there was a God, these people came face to face with God. Right. Right. And so, um, this gentleman, he approaches me and he says, this is a matter of life or death. And he starts reading to me a scripture from the book of Jeremiah. And I didn't know what he was saying. I've never read a Bible. I've never. Right. And I just knew that what he was saying was true. Right. That was a life that I was living. I mean, I was, I was living a very fast life, you know, right. 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 Life or death was not something outside of like, how could that be? It was like, right. Yeah, like that's an actual reality yeah. for me right now. That could happen tonight. That could right. happen tomorrow. Yeah. And so I, um, I accepted Jesus into my heart that day. And um, I, there were so many things that happened that, you know, I, I remember just feeling this, the boulders that I had been carrying around for decades in my life lifted. It was a supernatural right. thing. It was just like, right. all of a sudden these, these weights were gone. Right. I was, um, you know, people talk about being born again. I remember looking out, I'm like, gosh, there's even more light. I was something very, right. kind of, uh, you know, over the years, like explaining that to people, there was tangible light I had never seen before. Right. You know, it was like, and I think it's, yeah. And I think it's good to, to acknowledge that it is different for every, different people. Correct. Would you yes. agree that yes. sometimes we experience that kind of in that initial moment? And sometimes it's a process for others, just like yes. overcoming something that we're battling with. Some people yes. overcome it in a, you know, instant when they make the decision to yes. and other people, but even that God uses that as part of our story. Would you agree that yes. there, there yes. is a reason why you it was almost like you had, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but this is what I think I'm hearing is it was almost as if you had a literal unveiling of the veil in that moment to some extent. Right. Um, And that's, yeah. And that's such an amazing, amazing event and blessing. So what was kind of the path from there? Yeah. So, um, I was still out on bail and facing this major court case. And so kind of the, um, right this was the, the pinnacle moment. Um, I, I went to court uh, about three months after. So I went through a process of like total deliverance. I mean, I, I knew that if I was going to walk with Jesus, it wasn't going to be one foot in the world, one foot in the world word. Right. I was an all or nothing kind of girl. I was all or nothing when I wasn't walking with the Lord. And I just knew that if I'm going to do this, like I'm going to breathe, I'm going to, I'm going to live, I'm going to breathe. Everything that I do is going to be for him. Right. Um, even though I didn't really know him, I just, I, I there was something right. that I had experienced that I knew who he, who he was, but I, I didn't know him. Yeah. And so, um, the moment of, I, you know, of knowing him came when I went to court, um, and my attorney came up to me and this was a day where I was set to be sentenced. And so he said, um, we're looking at this amount of time. And I was like, I can't go back to jail. Yeah. 
can't go back. You know, it's just that moment of like, I, this, I can't right. do fear. <laughs> and he was like, we're going to try to work something out, but this is what you're going to do because of, you know, this is right. just what the choice. And so I remember hearing, I didn't hear an audible voice, but it was, you know, the Bible says that he speaks to us in a still small voice. Right. And that, that was my first encounter of the still small voice. It was, I heard, go talk to the DA. Yeah. And, you, know, it, it, you could say right. it. Yeah, no, absolutely. But I just, in faith, I, I told my attorney, I was like, I, I want to talk to the DA. He was like, you can't talk to the DA. You'll, you'll lose the case. And I was like, I have to talk to him. He was like, okay. Like, kind of like I've given you legal advice, you know? Right. In your, yeah. He um, approaches the DA. I see the, the man turn around and look at me and they start walking my direction. We walk outside of the courtroom and he was like, so what's up? And I remember thinking, I don't know what's up. I was like, I'm just going to tell him all these people have been telling me that God is truth. I'm going to tell right. him about what happened that night. Not right. Right. Yeah. And I said, I know you get hundreds of people that walk in here every day. I must tell you that, that God has changed them, but really I've, Jesus Christ has changed my life. And I'm not the person that was in that car September 2nd. Yeah. And I just give this full, full confession. Okay. Yeah. And he looks at me and he goes, we all make mistakes sometimes. Have a good day. Oh my goodness. So after it, my, my attorney looks at me and he's like, you're done. And I was like, I know I'm done. I just remember feeling like, what did I just do? Yeah. So we walk in the courtroom and I had a moment, this was the moment for me, Rebecca, because I believe every person arrives at this moment of total surrender where you're yeah. just, you've given up, you have nothing yeah. else to give. Right. You, you recognize the weight of your decisions. You recognize right. You just know where you're at. Right, and right. It was at that moment I was like, "Lord, I deserve this. Yeah, I can't weasel my way out of this. I deserve this. You know, you. If they say you do the crime, you know, you do the crime, you do the time. You know, right. it's like, I right. fully deserve this. And I, I had this moment of like, I know that you've called me to preach. I knew that even in that, that right. short amount of time, I knew that God had called me to preach the gospel to share His word. Right. But I was like, if I have to do this in jail, then, and that's what I'll do. Right. My heart, you know, I was just like, I knew my heart was just scared, was so but willing. Yeah. yeah broken, yeah. but willing. You know, I just yeah. got to that place of total brokenness. Right. So Oscar approaches me and I remember seeing him move around and I'm like, what is going on here? It felt like 20 hours. It was probably like 20 minutes. And is Oscar your attorney? Oscar, I'm sorry, my attorney. Yes. That okay, was my got attorney it. at the time. Yes. Yeah. And so um, he starts walking my direction and he's pale and looks at me and I'm like, what's going on? And he holds up a yellow piece of paper and he said, come on, let's go. And I'm like, okay, like, are they going to postpone my arrest date? Like sometimes right. they get time to handle your affairs and, and I see order of dismissal. And wow. I was like, what's going on? He was like, they dismissed the case. They threw the case out. And I'm like, well, what is, what does this mean? He's like, you're free to go. Wow. And and so I walked out of that courtroom, Rebecca, I fell on my knees. You know, you don't care when you, when breakthrough comes, you don't right. care what you look like. All of a sudden you are totally, you are, right. right. You are, you know, there is no, there is no poise. There is no tact. Right. right. All that goes out the window. Right. Moment of just God at that moment. And, and I had that still small voice. I heard him say, you see that woman that the, the judge yes. was and he said, I'm above the judicial system of the United States. Right. I'm above every, 
everything that you've gone through, everything that you've been through, I've been here. Yeah. Yeah. That marked me for the rest of my life, Rebecca. That was was like, you know, in the old Testament, they would set up altars to the Lord and they would, you know, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah seek canoe. He was there. There were these different, different names that they gave the Lord for who he showed himself to be right at that point. And for me, that was, that wasn't just a one attribute of God. It was, he was there for me. Right. He saw me. Right. He did all of these things in one moment. Right. And it like all, all, even that moment was combined with the moment of like the woman at the well, it was kind of like the Lord saying no more. And for me, that was my collision collision, my collision, my real life, you know, you were talking about like, we can hear faith from other people, but right. sometimes experientially we go through these things and it becomes very real to us. Right. Yeah. For me, the cross became very real at that moment because I realized like I, like I'd shared earlier, like I did the crime. I deserve yeah. what, what they wanted to hand down. I deserve that, but right. God erased it. And right. Gave I didn't deserve. And, and that is the message of the cross. We right. get a life that someone else paid a perfect King paid for us to have right. and gave it to us when we were fully guilty. Right. And erased our record and was like, there's nothing on here. I'm giving you my perfect life for your imperfect life. If you let me. Right. Yeah. So that was that moment, that moment, you know, the, the, those are, um, moments that you never forget. You live with that every day. Right. Right. You, you, you know, every moment of my life, sometimes I wake up in the morning and I just have this thing that I shouldn't be here and I shouldn't have the life that I have, but he gave that to me. Right. Which would you, I mean, I think it's, it sounds so small to say, but I feel like when you have a powerful experience like that, it makes you understand a level of gratitude far greater than maybe somebody that has been raised in a house of faith their entire life. It's not good or bad. It's just different reasons for different processes. You know, um, I myself wasn't always a believer, but I, I really feel like for me, and I'll just speak for me and, and hopes that this helps other women on this call too, similar to what you have said is that obviously God knows every hair on our head. He knows everything we're ever going to do, be, think, feel all the things. And he chooses us. And as part of that though, however it works out, cause we don't get the, we, we are in our human, you know, finite minds. We are, it, it is impossible to understand his infinite mind planning all the things, but it's almost as if for me, he knew that he needed to allow me to go my own way in order to have the depth of understanding of who he is and level of gratitude, because I needed the humility to know (laughs) that anything that is of me now is, is because of him and his work in me, because I know who I was. Right. Um, And I think that that is such a powerful testimony. And I feel like it's on my heart and Christina, please, please meet me where I'm at and pick me up or, or whatever the case may be as maybe God is in this moment, but well, he's always in every moment, but to say that not everybody gets that, mo- that, that, um, rescue in the moment that they want it. Does that make sense? Your story is such a powerful story because God knew that that was exactly what you needed in that moment as part of your story to become who you are. 
there are with the number of women that we have on this on this um, conference, I, I am I'm confident just by sheer numbers, there's somebody that has experienced something that didn't they they don't feel like they were saved from. They feel like they they had to go through it, right? And it's hard to hear, but we can lean on his promise and faith that he really works all things out for our good. Do you have yeah. any thoughts on that? Yeah, I do. You know, I'm, um, and I shared this with you before, but my husband is, uh, we have very opposite upbringings and right. I have watched the hand of the Lord threaded in my husband's life and how he, the relationship and what the, the history that they have is yeah. so rich is so there's this this weight in the intimacy that my husband has with the Lord, but he didn't need to go through the things that I had gone through. Yeah. He knows the Lord because of what he's gleaned, not just from the scriptures, but for what he's seen from others. And so oftentimes I think, you know, um, there are many people that have these testimonies where God met them in such a, you know, in these ways right. where wow, the Red Sea opened. Red, yes. Yeah. Open. Yeah. The mountain was leveled, you know, the prison doors, you know, began to shake and it's like, right. but I believe that, that God's intention for us, even through the scriptures, when we read his word is to glean from those moments and we can apply them into our own life without having to go through something right. so ground shaking to get somebody's attention. I mean, I think, not just from my upbringing, but like, I, I'm a very, uh, you know, stubborn and like yeah. digging my heels in the ground. I'm saying yes, because I am. I, <laughs> I know that one of the things I manage is stubborn. And maybe that's the common personality thread where God's like, you need to go through some things to know. <laughs> to like know a lot I am. of things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're only skimming the surface today, right? And my, that was, go ahead. Yeah, no, my husband, you know, I've, I've seen how the Lord, it's a very, it's a nudge and he responds, right? It's a little nudge. And he's, he just, he knows it's him. And then it's like, sometimes it's like, you know, this, yes. like Christina, you know, it's like, Oh, Hey, you know, it's like, right. Yeah. On now, you know? And so he, I love how you said that he knows how to reach his kids. He that knows. So, yeah. You know, it's, I don't believe that it's part of God's character that he like, he ever, he ever puts us in situations where there has been injustice or evil. Um, it's all, it's really the opposite. He takes what the enemy meant for evil against us and he turns it around for our good. Yeah. And when I say it's not just some things, it's all things. Yeah. I have watched the Lord write, Rebecca. He has righted every wrong in my life where he's like, look, I'm sorry that that happened to you, but let me show you what I can do with what was done against you. Right. And I have watched him just, it's like, you think God doesn't have to prove himself to us, but you know, he does. He doesn't right. have to, he's God. He's right. So he's ever, you know, he's, he's God. He's so amazing. I know, I know. And yet, and yet he, he, he steps into our present and he's like, well, let me prove myself to you. And even when we're like, I don't want to hear it. Let me prove myself to you. Let me woo you. And he yes. just, it's this it's this fierce love that just chases us down. Yeah. I love that song. You know, it says like, break down every wall. I'll come. Right. Really, that's what he does. He comes through everything to, to show himself as a kind father. And that's, right. that's been the, you know, the thread in my life of the Lord. It's like, he's just, I say, he's invested so much time into showing me how much yes. he loves. 
Yeah. And, and writing every wrong. Right. And I think an important element of that too, though, is our willingness to see him. Right. Because I think that I can look back and even, and I know you would agree with this, but I just mean to articulate for all the women that are on here that might be in a season that part of the reason we can feel part of you and I, like our faith and our belief of the, the small voice behind us is because of our experiential knowledge. And I'm sure we have people, we might have people that aren't sure what they believe on this call and this conference. Um, and we have people that are, that are super on fire and everyone in between, and we love everybody where they're at. That's what, that's the true Jesus is love, period. It doesn't matter where you're at. He is about love and loving you where you are and pulling you forward. My point is, is that it's the time invested with him that I think, at least for me, I know that I needed the time and intensity of being in relationship. And when I say intensity, it is even since, oh, sorry, I lost my train of thought for just a second. So I can look back before I was a believer and now hindsight being 2020, I'm like, it should have, it wasn't fun. It should have been a lot worse. Yeah. Right. And so he held me and kept me even when I was denying him, even when I was making fun of my friends that were believers and telling them that they were just weak and needed a crutch. And that was why they had, you know, and so for him to be able to take somebody that had was, you know, and I think I shared with you, like my favorite story is Paul and Saul, because who like. Saul is converted to Paul because Saul was a, um, a murderer of Christians. And so I, one of the, when I started to lean into the Bible, I was like, well, if God can love that guy, <laughs> I think I'm okay. <laughs> right. Um, so looking back and being able to see where, you know, I lived a lot of life, right. And a lot of experiences before I came to know him and I can still look back and see where he held me. Yeah. It could have been so much worse. And then even still, it's not, I, I'll, again, I'll speak for my own life. It doesn't mean that once we get to know him, it's all sunshine and rainbows, but that's part of, there's been some really challenging events in my life since I've been walking with him, but that's where we get to continue to dive in. And the intensity that I started to talk about was it, even after knowing him going through an incredibly challenging season, right at the beginning of my walk, same thing. Like I um, had a moment in time where I finally accepted him into my life. And it was a season where I was so broken, I needed something. So I was like, okay, where is my crutch? Like, where is his word? And I would just, I spent so much time in his word and just being present with him and, and all the things. And it's still a regular part of my life. Uh, but that is why we get to feel his closeness is because we also have invested time. Would you agree? Yes. Yes. And, you know, to add, you know, you talked about just that, the brokenness, um, yeah. brokenness in the eyes of the world is a weakness, right? Bro brokenness in the eyes of the Lord is precious. It's a, it's a, um, it's, you know, the Bible says that what he desires is a broken and contrite heart. And, yeah. and what that is just a heart that is willing to, to submit to him and open, be open to him, right. to receive from him. And once we get to that point where we're able to just come to the, you know, you know sometimes we come to the end of ourselves and we reach right. this point where it's like, I don't know where else to turn to. Right. I don't know where to go. I don't know who to talk to. Right. I, I also often said this, when God becomes your only option, there is no better place to be. Right. That's so true. When he becomes your only option that's when miracles begin to happen. 
Right. That's when, you know, when you don't have any, when you have anybody to turn to anywhere to go and he, God is my only option. There's no better place to be than in that place with him because yeah. he's going to show up. Yeah. He's going to break through. He's going. And that's that hope keeping. I, 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 I talk about this often, but I, um, keeping the fire of hope inside of us is so important. Right. The right. expectation that at any given moment, God can show up and, and yes. change the course of history and keeping that alive is so important, Rebecca, because right. And the times we've been living in with everything, one of the things that I, you know, um, we talk about the prayers and things like that. What prayer brings is hope. Yes. Brings hope. It just, you know, whether somebody's praying for you or you're praying with someone or you're just, you know, it ignites the fire of hope in your heart that somehow, some way God is there for you and he's going to show up. Absolutely. And I would encourage all the women on our conference to follow you on Instagram because you are like a daily dose of hope. And I think that's one of the reasons why people are so drawn, just naturally, genuinely attracted. And obviously you're such a genuine, just source of love and and well-being and and comfort for others. And so the other thing that comes to mind to encourage all the women is that when, if someone is in the midst of a battle, it sometimes is relying on God's faithfulness to others, right? It's like we share testimonies to give hope, to show his favor and the faith and and provide the faith in that God is no favor of men. So what he has done for one, he will do for another. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) To be able to show up on that. Right. And the book of Hebrews was one of the original books that uh, Pat, my very first pastor gave me or taught on and just the power of even in the Bible, those stories are written to give us hope and to uh, like strengthen is the word I'm looking for. I think our faith, right? That's exactly right. And that's what I love, the power of the testimony. You know, you and I talked about that last week. The Bible says that we've overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Yeah. And it is the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed at Calvary's cross. And then the power of the testimony that he's given all of us. So right. one person may have a testimony of, you know, God healed me from depression. God right. came through with me when I had negative $5,000 in my bank account. You know, right. God healed me of cancer. God, you know, delivered right. me from this court case, you know, whatever that may be, there's power in the testimony and you don't Absolutely. have to go through that specific thing. Right. You know, that God, to know that God will will do the same thing for you or even greater. And so you can right. look at a, look at a story where I think, you know, um, God brought me out of this court case and it was something impossible. It was something, it was 11, right. 59, 59. There was right. nowhere to run. There was nowhere to hide. If God didn't show up, the curtains right. would have closed and that was it. Right. But the same way that he did it for me, he can yeah. do it for you. He can do it for every other person. Right. Amen. And whatever anybody is facing because yeah. his power displayed in your life and my life in scripture and anybody's life is the same power that he will display in your life and Absolutely. in anybody else and anybody else that's listening. Absolutely. And I think the other thing that I, I want to kind of is on my heart to share in this moment is that I think it's also really important for us if someone is in the midst of a season to really make the time to lean into him because we get distracted. God keeps putting on my heart the last several months, the, the concept of um, being distracted and discouraged, right? Because the enemy cannot destroy us. 
So he will work overtime to distract and discourage. And sometimes it's by our own choices. You, you know, different people will take different interpretations. Either they'll believe it's just our nature or whatever it is. I think we have to be on heightened alert of our discouragement and our distractions. And I know for me, I'll, I'll share an example so that it's real for others. One of the things that I've battled since I knew the Lord is I, I battled with bulimia for a really long time. And I'm, I'm thankful, praise God, that I'm free from it today. I was not somebody that got over it overnight. Um, but what I, when it became the, the point in time when I was able to break free from it and truly, for me, it was a breakthrough, aha, whatever you want to call it, was a moment in time when I realized that going to that instead of him was just enough to keep me from my greatest purpose as he wants me to fulfill it. Wow. Makes sense because wow. the, whatever we use. So some people might use alcohol. Some people might use shopping. The women that I coach, a lot of times it is food, whether it's an eating disorder or emotional eating or whatever the case may be. And it's important to, I talk about becoming a, a student of the mind and body because it's first being able to recognize that you're going to that in a time of, in, you know, not to go on a conversation about bulimia specifically, but to give that analogy of in that mindset, it sounds backwards, I know it, but if you're struggling, you'll get it. It was a sense of control. And even as a fitness professional, even as knowing the health risks um, and knowing all of those things, it was a moment in time when I realized that it was, it was a block between me and God, right? It's not that it was going to keep me from my salvation. It wasn't that I wasn't with him on a daily basis, but it was in those moments where I needed him most and not all the time, but if I were to choose to have an episode, then it was me choosing a vice over going to him. And that is ultimately what became, I wish I could say it like, there's a lot of other things I've done for the power of my son, right? But in that moment, it really was about releasing and understanding that that was going, that was standing between having the fullest extent. And I think that's super important. And I hope I'm articulating, Christina, please um, step in if I, if you can help bridge the gap, something that I might be missing, but it's not, we are perfect in our imperfections, right? So please understand I was already on fire for God. I was already, I was, you know, that that's part of my journey, right? I was, I was in God's word and I knew him and was strong with him. And for some reason I carried that specific battle for a time. I will tell you this anytime for all of our women, anytime we, we sit in judgment of a specific um, event or vice or something, I know God has showed me like anything that I have previously judged, even if it was before I knew him, he has given me experiential knowledge <laughs> of wow. that struggle. Yes. So like, yes. be careful what you judge lady. Yes. Yes. <laughs> And that's scripture. I mean, there is a scripture that specifically talks about that. So that is, that is so true. Yes. Um, so I feel like it's super important in this season, like you were talking about it being such a, a powerful time to, to lean into him talking about focusing on meditating on what is good and lovely meditating on the things. It's not that all things are sunshine and rainbows, but we get to show up and be his light in this season. Right. We that. get to show yeah, we yes. get to show up. And, and in order for us to show up and be his light, I feel like we need to be 
on guard at a higher level than ever before to make sure that we're doing our part to be mindful of where, what aspect of life we're feeling discouraged and distracted and what we actually need to be doing about it so that we can be about our father's business and not our own. Yeah. yeah. And that's so good. You know, it's, I love how you shared, you know, some things aren't a, a salvation. It's not about an issue of salvation, but it's just, it's really a, a question of destiny. Mm -hmm. And um, these distractions and things will come to fight for your attention. It fights right. for your attention on the daily yeah. where it's a kind of like a, it slowly draws you away. It slows, yeah. slowly gets your eyes off of what the Lord has put in front of you. Right. And so as I love how you, you know, just guarding, um, guarding and being very aware of that. I, I believe that that happens in the secret place of the presence of the Lord. Yeah. That's how we become aware. Right. That's how we become. And I believe that's one of the main reasons people, um, I, you know, I'm kind of going with the Lord here. I was in, yeah, you know, absolutely. I believe that's one of the main things that, that people talk about, you know, the minute somebody, you know, you try to read your Bible, all right. of a sudden the phone starts ringing or, you know, the kids right. are screaming or anything and everything comes to distract you. Or, you know, you try to have a right. moment of quiet time, you know, with Jesus right. and then the same thing happens and it's, and, and you can see that tangibly. But right. the reason that that happens is because that is, it's, there are, um, there are these distractions that come in to fight for that place. Right. But if we make that time with the Lord, I, I believe yes. when you give that time to the Lord, you know, that could be in the morning, that can be in your car on the way to work. That can be right. whatever. Right. The secret place is not a place, a, right. a, um, you know, in the natural it's a space, place. it's a space with him. Yeah. Missy. Yeah. It's space where you just go and you lay everything down and you're there with the Lord and it's just you and him. Yeah. And I believe that from that place is where the power of the Holy spirit begins to fill us to do yeah. everything else that we need to do in our lives. Amen. You know, Amen. Over, overcoming things, the daily, you know, routines that we have, it is from that place that we live from, from the secret place. Absolutely. So good. So good. And I think that is a perfect segue. I would love if you would close us out from this conference with a prayer. And it's also on my heart. I wasn't planning on this. I hope you're okay with it, but oh, yeah. I feel like there's so many women on this. There may be somebody that maybe doesn't know God yet. So maybe we include that in the prayer just about how simple it is to just ask for him. If, you know, if someone don't start feeling uncomfortable, don't tune now, we're just going to pray for you. Um, whether you, whether you want to, to receive in this moment or not, um, it's always good to have, have prayer in abundance. So, um, would you honor us with a prayer, please? Yes, absolutely. Father, we just thank you. I thank you for Rebecca. I thank you for all of these amazing women that, that you know, and that you love. Lord, we thank you for what you have done in our lives. We thank you for bringing us through the year that you brought us through. And we submit and we commit this year to you. As we start this year, Lord, we just say, have your way. Have your way in our lives. Have your way in our hearts. Have your way in everything that we do, everything that we say. Let it be yours, Jesus. Lord, I pray today for every person God, I know that, that you've moved in the lives of all of these women and you are speaking to them. You're giving them vision. You're giving them um, Kodak moments yes. 
things that you want to do in their future, God. And I thank you for the purposes. I thank you for the plans that you have for them. Father, I pray today that you would reveal yourself to them in a new way, in a tangible way. Lord, we, your word says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And I pray that these women would taste and see your goodness in 2021. Lord, we pray right now for every person that is standing before a Red Sea. I pray that you would open up the Red Sea of impossibility. We know that what's impossible for us is possible with you. Amen. And I pray that this would be the year that they would break through in, in things that they never thought that they could break through in. I pray that this would be the year that they would finish what they start. I pray that this would be the year that they would connect with you, Jesus, like never before. And Lord, I pray that you would give them an anointing for victory. You are the victor. You are the one who is triumphant, Lord. And I just pray right now for every woman, Lord, that has been seeking to know you. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would, that you would come into their hearts. We know, Lord, that when we um, confess you as Lord and believe in our hearts that you were raised from the dead, um, we thank you that we are saved because of your blood. And I just pray right now, Lord, that you would touch every woman, that you would open their hearts. And Lord, I just declare today that they will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living in Jesus mighty name. Amen. Amen. Yes. Oh my goodness. So powerful. Thank you so much. You, this Rebecca, is a having me. You're welcome. It is my pleasure. And this is a perfect way to close out our conference. So thank you ladies for hanging out over the last couple of days. And we will say bye for now. Yes, bye. <laughs> This is Rebecca again. Was that not an incredibly powerful story of God's work in us, through us, and His hand over our life? I hope you enjoyed it as much as we all did at the event. I would love to connect with you and learn more about you, hear your stories, your questions. I wish that in a perfect world, we could be sitting talking over a cup of coffee or tea so that we could truly be in fellowship. One of the next best things to that in today's virtual environment is to connect through our private community on Facebook, the Faith, Fitness, and Freedom community. Go to Facebook, search for that group, Faith, the Faith, Fitness, and Freedom community, and ask to join. You can also feel free to email me at Rebecca at RebeccaTabert.com with any questions, insights, ideas for things that you'd like to hear about or talk about on future episodes. I look forward to hearing from you. Bye for now.